0: If you're bored in the house, why not play with your balls? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure your balls are smooth while you or your partner are playing with them. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving your balls thanks to the Lawnmower 3.0. Manscaped is our go-to brand for below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. While you're probably looking for new things to do at home, why not make grooming your balls a part of your routine? I actually recently used my Manscaped Lawn Mower 3.0 to shave my entire face for the first time in 18 years. I'll post a link to my Instagram if you want to check out what a smooth face looks like. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the new and improved lawnmower 3.0, the waterproof cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. Not only does Manscaped obsess over the technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience, but they only use the best ingredients in their formulations. Inside the Perfect Package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver. You're probably sitting on the couch Couch with your hand on your balls anyway, you might as well keep them smooth as eggs while smelling fresh. Subscribe to the Perfect Package and get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower 3.0 delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer always stays fresh and clean. For a limited time, subscribers get not one but two free gifts the Shed Travel Bag, $39 value, and the patented high performance anti chafing manscaped boxers. I actually have both of those and love them both. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code TRT at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. It also felt weird for me to call your package perfect.
1: I've read a lot of the stuff in your group. Yeah. And some people have almost got it all the way right.
0: This is the TRT Community Podcast. Where we discuss all things testosterone. What's going on, guys? I'm Brandon, founder of the TRT Community Facebook group, host of All Things Testosterone. Today, we had the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Jonathan Carlier. He's currently the director of client experience with Revive Pharmacy at Houston, Texas, and he's worked in compounding pharmacies for over the you know the last twenty years. Um, Jonathan has done everything. I think he even mentions in the interview that he's done every job from sweeping the floors to running operations. Uh, he's attended specialized training, specialized educational programs in pharmacy, compounding men's health and age management, hormone replacement therapy, pain management, and even sports medicine and nutrition. So we, we got a good chance to dive into the HCG issues with him. You know, as you guys know, we're, we're kind of seeking out these experts so that we can Uh, dredge through the mud with you and figure out what is going on with hcg and pregnal and if it's going away or if it's here to stay Um, and we we had a really long and and informative conversation with him we talked about the availability of hcg now and in the future talked about pregnal talked about some rules and regulations surrounding compounding Um, We talked about the Biologic Price Competition and Innovations Act of 2009. We talked about GNRH, um, that it increases LH and the dosing frequency that's recommended. We talked about Kispeptin. We talked about PT-141, increasing dopamine levels and revving up energy and libido in men and women. We talked about Tessamoralin. I mean, we, we covered a lot of uh, peptides and uh, regulatory stuff in this episode. It's kind of jam-packed with information. So without further ado, we will get straight into that interview. Jonathan, I appreciate you being on the show today. Um, it's a pleasure to talk with you. Could you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, and and we'll kind of get into some HCG discussion.
1: Thanks very much for having me, Brandon. My name is Jonathan Carlier. I am the current director of client services uh, for Bio pharmacy in houston texas and i have been in pharmacy for more years than i'd like to admit i've been in pharmacy since the year 2000 i started in corporate pharmacy and then ended up working for independent retail compounding pharmacies and Excellent. i am not actually a pharmacist but i have hired and trained pharmacists and i've pretty much done every job from sweeping the floors to operations in independent compounding pharmacy
0: i, I read that in your bio have you actually swept the floor at a pharmacy
1: before sweep it mop it you name it whatever needs to it's kind of like hey you in a small operation yeah you're a small growing company you just kind of you know it doesn't matter what your title says you just do whatever needs to be done sure
2: wear a lot of hats yeah yeah
1: Yeah. Yeah. so
0: the the, indoor masks (laughs) (laughs) the the question at hand you know because it comes up so often in the in the trt community group and you've seen it you're in the group um is is hcg can you kind of Break it down to where we can understand what's happening with it. Can we still get it? Is it illegal? Is it banned? Is it gone? Are people lying? What's going on with HCG?
1: It's definitely not banned. There still are commercially forms of HCG. You have pregnal and or generic versions of pregnal. The thing that kind of has taken place, and I, I've, I've heard and read a lot of the stories in Heard all the rumors and the different schools of thought on it. Oh, it's banned! It's banned! It's banned! Well, if it was banned, we still wouldn't have commercially available HCG. What has changed is the rules and regulations as far as compounding it. And this came back to—I'm looking it up right now. I have to actually find the 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 uh, title of the thing that took place in 2009, and it was called the Biologics Price Competition and Innovation Act of 2009 which created an abbreviated license pathway under the PHS act for biological products that are demonstrated to be biosimilar to or interchangeable with the FDA approved biologic product in fancy terms. What that means is all of a sudden in 2009, HCG got lumped into this act, which was really designed to make biologics such as insulin more affordable for, for people. Well, Really what this has done for the TRT community and the people that that we all service is that it's made HCG much more expensive based on the dosages that you're used to seeing, we're used to seeing for men that are trying to restore fertility and or for the other uses that we're familiar with with HCG for men. Now that the compounding rules and regulations are, you can dilute it, you can mix it, you can start with the the commercially available HCG products, and you can manipulate them under the FDA's rules and regulations, but you cannot compound from the bulk powder anymore, which is where everybody was really doing for the last 20 years or since way before 2009, when this act was originally came about. I've heard rumors that, There's a group of pharmacies that are going to try to get the FDA to reverse this decision or may actually file a a class action lawsuit. I haven't been able to find anything if that's true or get in touch with any of those people to see if that's actually going to happen or not. If if it does, it'll be very interesting. There's several other medications that were included in that act in 2009, and the FDA is now uh, starting a new division. Uh, which regulates the biologic products. And they've come out with an initial list of products, which HGG is included on and some other medications that insulin and some other things that are now all of a sudden they were drugs. Now they're called biologic drugs. So the rules and regulations have drastically changed as far as what you can, how you can make those and how you can start compounding those and that type of thing. And one of,
0: (laughs) I don't think the episode has aired yet. In fact, I think it'll air on Monday, but we spoke with a pharmacist and, it seems like one of the hurdles in in the biologic is that you are allowed to maybe compound it, but that requires a freezer, and you can't compound it. They won't allow you to have the freezer in your sterile environment, but you can't compound it within the free without the freezer. Does that do you know? Does that make sense?
1: Well, from what I understand, you can read in the FDA rules and regulations, and I, I brief brief those again before coming on with you tonight. The rules and regulations say you cannot start with a bulk ingredient anymore unless you are a biologic manufacturing facility or biologic facility. And basically, as a pharmacy, you would be looking at a whole new separate facility. And you'd have to go through the whole application process and the whole manufacturing rules and regulations. However, the challenge with that is, from our understanding working with our FDA-approved wholesalers for bulk pharmaceutical ingredients, the good quality of HCG that we have seen and I personally have ordered and taken care of ordering and the responsibility for that, looking at the C of A's and the chemical analysis that you always look at when you buy bulk pharmaceutical ingredients, there was two manufacturers out of Germany that were producing the really good HCG. Working with one of our FDA-approved wholesalers, which you have to go through to buy that HCG from Germany because they won't they wouldn't sell it direct to begin with, but buying it from a wholesaler in, in reasonable quantities was what we were always looking at. And the FDA actually license licenses the manufacturers to be able to sell to the wholesalers and gain under a lot of regulations that are just layers and layers of regulations. But what has happened now is the FDA has actually told the German manufacturers they are no longer allowed to sell the bulk bulk HCG uh, pharmaceutical grade to the United States pharmacies. So even if you were a biologic, you wouldn't you would probably not be able to get the HCG that you need to make it in, to begin with.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah. as we were talking about a little while ago too, a lot of pharmacies are switching over and looking at some other things that are very similar to HCG. You've got uh, GnRH or gonadorelin. And there's another one that people are starting to use now called Kispeptin. Mm-hmm. We're working with a couple different urologists right now that really specialize in men's HRT and fertility. And they're doing some small in-office clinical trials to determine how those are going to relate to ATG based on different lab values as far as testosterone, uh, FSH, LH, and as far as uh, measuring uh measuring uh, the quality and uh, strength of the sperm, too. Okay.
0: Have you happened to see any research come back that would indicate that the gonadarellin
1: actually increases LH? Um, we have a ton of uh, white papers and studies that have been done, clinical trials, so to speak, on um increasing FSH and LH. As far as what they're going to do and how often they have to be taken... That's kind of up in the air right now. We're, just, we're still researching that data to determine, is dosing going to be similar to HCG? Is it going to be more often? Yeah. It seems to have a little bit shorter half-life mm-hmm. as opposed to HCG, which means you may have to dose it a little bit more frequently.
0: And that's kind of what we <sighs> assumed would be the original reason maybe why uh, gonadurellin wasn't the widely accepted drug of choice and HCG won out is because you might have to dose it as often as three times a day, right?
1: Yeah, so I, at least daily is kind of what we're hearing. A lot of pharmacies right now, we've been kind of talking to colleagues and stuff like that, and we're seeing three times a week. Okay, uh, And then we see some people doing two times a week. The problem is we don't have any good long-term,
0: yeah.
1: double-blind, placebo-controlled studies or data or even peer, peer-reviewed peer studies to say, yeah, this you can do it twice a week or you can do it three times a week and get to the levels that you want to see on FSH and LH OH and that type of thing.
0: But it, it you can use it as a, a nasal spray, right?
1: Yeah, there are uh, there are some studies that say you can do it as a nasal spray as opposed to an injection. Is
0: there any I've reason, seen it
1: both ways. Any reason um, to
0: think that that would be less effective?
1: Uh, usually with the nasal route, you're going to get a little bit less, less absorption, and the dose is going to be different as opposed to an injection. When we look at just... The dosage forms that are going to get you the most bioavailability medication delivered, you're looking at injectables sure. or, you know, injectables. First comes IV. Uh, that's where you're going to get the most into the system, and then you go injections. Nasal uh, is also pretty effective, as we've seen with several different medications for different types of administration for different types of conditions, and then you've got oral. Oral has to go through the First, by you know, for, has to go through the first, uh, the liver, first pass metabolism through the liver and digestive yeah. system and all that good stuff. So, you're gonna get a lot lower systemic value as opposed sure. to the other forms. Of
0: it. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Now, I, I wonder if, um, if a nasal spray would probably be more expensive than uh, an injectable form of gonadarillin. That's already is it safe to assume it's gonna be more expensive than HCG?
1: We're hoping as far as what we're trying to do is keep it in the same price range for patients that they're used to paying for HCG. That's... And that's that's based on more research and data. Yeah. Awesome. And where where we need to be with the dosing and frequency. And we're hoping to have some more more data on that and how we're gonna do all that, hopefully within the next week or two. Excellent.
0: Good deal. So I also noticed um speaking of nasal sprays. What do you mean? I
2: think you, you, you were you going PT-141? Yeah, yeah. Okay, is that uh, a nasal
0: spray? So I noticed that you posted in the group about PT-141 the other day. Suffering and... a
2: nice segue, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't
0: realize that that was a, a spray. So tell us a little bit about that. What is it? What does it do? Is it a nasal spray? And what are the benefits of it?
1: The benefits of it, as opposed to a PDE5, like sildenafil, tadalafil, or any of those, is this one can be used for both men and women uh indirectly what it does is it increases dopamine levels it works on the melacortin and the whole and a whole different uh, i can give you all the fancy scientific stuff but literally what it does is it it helps your body release more dopamine which revs up energy levels and libido and all and the studies the majority of the studies that were done on the fda approved product which is a trade name product called by which is an injectable are only indicated for women The challenge with the injectable vileci is up to 10% of people that use it get some really bad nausea and vomiting. Mm. As opposed to the nasal spray that we currently compound uh, for both men and women, the effects on libido are still there for both men and women. And the pleasant side effect for men is the ability to to achieve um, (laughs) very strong and very frequent erections. Interesting. Uh, I've, I've had a few patients tell me it's like being a teenager again. The wind <laughs> blows the right way and the soldier
0: salutes. <laughs> uh, so we, so it's, we recently spoke with a practitioner that, that kind of opened my eyes and said that, you know, a Cialis or a Viagra, there's a, a certain side effect, a certain group of people that may experience delayed ejaculation from that. And I'm assuming... Because this is a this is not a vasodilator, right? This is something that affects the dopamine and it's a totally different, different mechanism. mechanism. Yeah. yeah. So it's
2: a completely that, different
1: mechanism of action, yeah.
0: So if somebody did have the delayed ejaculation with the vasodilator, then they would probably be okay using something like PT one hundred forty one.
1: You know what? It's uh we have had some gentlemen that have tried it and used it in some patient testimonials that they can have an erection that lasts very long, but they still are able to achieve orgasm. And you're right. We have heard that some people on tadalafil and Sildenafil, they have either just, they, they can't get to orgasm and I don't know why it's just, it's a very small amount of people that take it. Yeah. yeah.
2: Sensitivity issues.
1: Yeah, I could be. It's uh, you know, I, I've heard people also say that with some of the drugs with tadalafil and Sildenafil, They'll get some uh some gastric reflux type symptoms or acid reflux. Um few and few and far between patients to actually report it. But the the uh we call it libido nasal spray or PT141 or <laughs> brileminatide is the is the long <laughs> the long word for PT141. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of that.
0: <laughs> is that the primary use for uh, libido?
1: Yeah, libido in women is the FDA approved product, the Vileci. The vilicy is pretty expensive, and it's still considered, I believe, a specialty drug. Okay. So, we've heard reports of patients, even with like a good Rx type coupon, uh, coming back with prices of about four hundred dollars for a um, close to one month supply. Wow. Yeah. So the the compounded nasal spray, we have had uh, hundreds of patients use it now, and we have had no no reports of any kind of nausea or vomiting, which is common with the injectable products. Nice. Okay.
0: You know, uh, peptides, sarms, serms. These are the types of things that we've we've not been super open to talking about in the Facebook group, the TRT community group. And it seems like they're becoming more and more popular with these TRT protocols. And I'm definitely open to you know to opening oh, cool. that door. Um, it's just you know, Deca wasn't something five years ago that was regularly prescribed along with TRT. So what right. other what other types of things are, are you guys prescribing or seeing that, that could be beneficial? I mean, there's all kinds of stuff out there, but what are y'all what are y'all prescribing most? Or
1: adjacent to I TOT? I our yeah. docs mostly for the peptides. You're seeing some peptides that are growth hormone releasing agents. Yeah. They're either called growth hormone releasing hormones or growth hormone releasing peptides or secretive that help the body actually release more, some more, more limbs, of its own natural growth like hormone. Limbs. Yeah, uh, Kind of like HCG is supposed to help the body make release more FSH and LH along those lines. So HCG actually can kind of be considered a panapeptide, so to speak. I've heard some people refer to it as that. Okay. Uh, so the peptides that we see a lot of, especially um, one that we're also looking at as a replacement for HCG, is a peptide called kispeptin. Reading the studies and and comparing the data, Kispeptin, gonadurelin, and HCG all have similar methods of action as far as what they do for affecting the release of FSH and LH. We're hearing some uh, initial reports from a few of our doctors on Kispeptin that it, as opposed to HCG, they're seeing um, better size of the boys uh, so some, some testicular growth, so to speak, or, volume and more ejaculate volume as well. So the guys are having more volume. I, I have not heard a whole lot of patients. I've had a few that have tried HCG for, uh, being on testosterone replacement. Some guys have a report, uh, and I've never had this issue, so I really can't speak to it too much, <laughs> but there are some people that will report a decreased volume of ejaculate when they when they do reach orgasm. Okay. I don't
2: mm-hmm.
1: know if you guys have heard that or not. On I've, HCG or off of HCG? Uh without H C G they get on H C G just to Yes, yeah. Not even for you know, there's so many reasons that people take HCG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure you've you guys have heard and I've heard it from several practitioners. If the guy is not concerned with the size of the testes, if he's had a vasectomy and doesn't want to have children anymore, they're are some doctors that will say you don't need hCG. Sure. some doctors that say, "You know what? I want to keep you on hCG because I I believe and I and I've read the studies too and you've got three of one half dozen of another of all these studies that kind of conflict each other. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the great thing about medicine is you'll have one study that comes out that says yes, one study that comes out that says no, and then you can kind of find the middle ground and determine which one you believe. But as far as hCG, some guys are still saying and some some guys, some doctors, some prescribers are still saying that at some level HCG keeps your body producing whatever testosterone it can at a natural level. We all know that guys are going on testosterone therapy because they don't feel right and their testosterone levels are not where they need to be to keep them feeling good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anecdotally, within the the TRT group, I think there's three buckets of people that that talk about HCG. There's the guys that want to remain fertile. There's the guys that have an issue with the atrophy, and then there's that third bucket, and it is the guys that complain about either desensitization or ejaculate volume loads yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah. so yeah we've definitely definitely heard that
1: yeah sure yeah so i'm excited that we are finding some different alternative options one of them being a peptide which we're just talking about the peptides uh we do see that uh like i said we've got a couple practices with large amounts of patients that are they've switched everybody over to the kiss peptide from that was on hcg and they are their patients are really liking the effects yeah
0: interesting okay
1: you know we've got we've got tons of long-term data studies on hcg and we just don't have those with the kiss peptin yet right but clinical data and results often mean more than all the studies that you can find and all the white papers you can read and, and all that good stuff yeah. is if it's working for people and they're not having negative side effects then that speaks volumes to you. that's that to me is the doctors that really are making a difference for patients is you know, I really don't have a good study on this. There's nothing published on it. I've read some of the, the preclinical trial studies from PubMed or whatever, and I've got patients that's worked on. Yep. Those guys are really the, kind of the, the mavericks and aren't out of the box thinkers when it comes to how they're going to work with their patients and what they're willing to do. Yeah, One size doesn't always fit all, as you all know. Those are the doctors especially that, especially that the I want to work with. with. Yeah,
0: that's who I want treating me, the doctors that think outside of someone else's research.
1: Right, yeah. There's no cookie cutter approach to hormone replacement for men or women. Uh, I, I can I can definitely tell you that I've ran from a few different prescribers. Being on, I've been on testosterone replacement now since I was in my late 20s. Um, I think it, I blame it on working in compounding pharmacy and compounding women's uh, estrogen and progesterone for so long inside of <laughs> yeah. the lab, being yeah. yeah. exposed to yeah. all those powders. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been on. I think it was my late 20s, early 30s when I started CRT. Yeah. And, you name the form of testosterone other than pellets, and I've been on it.
0: Yeah, I pellets, man. They're ugh, I can't imagine. I would never. There's guys still. Yeah, this last week. Him.
2: This last week, I've been asking about it in the group. I'm sure you've seen it. Yeah,
1: it's a, it's a definite convenience factor, but there's some definite. uh, A good buddy of mine actually uh, owns a couple clinics, and he brought in a nurse practitioner to do pellets inside of his clinic. And it was funny because it was last summer he went. Uh, after getting his pellets in they said okay no working out uh you gotta let those stitches heal <laughs> you can't uh, you can't do this that and the other thing for about four to six weeks <laughs> well according to him he waited the six weeks took his kids to the water park in arlington at six flags
2: oh, no. went down a
1: water slide hit a bump oh. and he started and he split open the suture or whatever oh. the injection site and pellet started uh Daddy, out of his- <laughs> <laughs> what's <laughs> coming out of you oh no water I'm like, yeah, I don't think I want to go for pellets. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I just can't imagine with as much as, you know, as you need to manipulate things and, and change on the fly, almost sometimes having something that's just, it's set. You're good for six months. There's nothing you can do about it. You're going to either feel, feel great or you're not, or we can cut you back open and add more take. You know, it just doesn't, doesn't make sense to me to that it would ever be a, a feasible option.
1: Yeah. As, uh, back to our peptide conversation, there are some great peptides that are, you know, they kind of get lumped in the category of SARMs, but they really are, what peptides are, is they are a group of amino acids that are, are branch chained into a short branch chain, and they are targeted, whether they're natural or synthetic, to do certain things. Uh, there's so many different peptides out there that are, there's a few that are FDA approved, There's a few that are still kind of being used that may not be FDA approved. Uh, The Vilesia or the PT-141, that is definitely an FDA approved peptide. Uh, It's just being used for off-labeled use because all the studies done on it were on men. I think the ED market with men is so oversaturated. That's why the makers decided to work on it for women because what it does as far as creating that dopamine release and the dopamine release just revs up the whole cycle of energy. So a pleasant side effect, even with the libido, is the the energy levels that people get from that, as well as the PT one forty one. Yeah. Another peptide that's very exciting uh, that's became available to pharmacies in the FDA approved product. It's it's uh, forty three hundred dollars a month with GoodRx, uh, and that one is called. Uh, it's the uh, FDA approved product is called Agrifta. The chemical name is Tesamorelin. And what it does for visceral adipose tissue is just amazing. Uh, It just, it melts the abdominal fat off people. The FDA studies with the commercial available product, they said about 4.3% reduction after about six to eight weeks of use. Wow. Uh, It's a very expensive peptide, but for people that are just having a real hard time with the adipose tissue um, and the visceral adipose tissue, it, they swear by it. What's it do? Uh, it, it actually just—I'll um, send you guys over the, the couple studies and papers on it. But it—it it just attacks that visceral adipose tissue. Um, it gets rid of that—that that fat, and it's—it's uh, it, it's pretty significant. Um, patients really, really like it. Yeah, there's some other peptides that are targeted for um, helping with. Uh, I, don't, I can't really say they're going to really help you build muscle. If you are somebody that works out and is trying to stay in shape, as many of our TRT uh, community people are definitely trying to get back in shape or they think the testosterone is going to make them so anabolic, they're going to pack on muscle like a <laughs> like an Olympic weightlifter yeah. <laughs> or a competitive bodybuilder. Um, but some of the peptides that are targeted for Somebody that does work out, that maybe is having trouble packing on muscle, or they just have gained some fat with our whole quarantine type situation we had this year, have really done well with some of the peptides like um, Ipromorlin, um, which kind of helps your body produce more growth hormone, as opposed to being on a HGH, which actually will shut down the natural production of your own growth hormone after taking it for a while. These are growth hormone releasing type agents. So the sleep you get on them, the restorative sleep, the dreams are, are what people really report.
2: In your bio, it said you guys do you or, you know, the, the pharmacy there consults with doctors. And I think you mentioned it with your, the, the small studies you're doing, um, with some of those newer, uh, peptides for, for in replacement of HCG, but like, what does that look like? What, what kind of consulting or what kind of uh i'm trying the word is not coming to me but what in that uh back towards the the doctor the doctors it's that... it's
1: really it's really a great it's a great relationship and it's a lot of it's a lot of fun uh it's collaborating like you said out of the box thinking in prescribers yeah um you know there's 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 so much that is out there with i'm sure you guys have seen some of the hope i call it a lot of hocus pocus stuff but I actually just was talking with a doc uh, earlier this morning there's a company that is promoting this um, they call it a a tri testosterone and it, it's actually three different forms of testosterone and we were both kind of just scratching our heads and pouring over data and going like why does somebody need to be on those three forms of testosterone together at the same time uh, it was nanthate, propionate and sippinate in a blend hmm. and we're just kind of Scratching our heads and going, okay, we've seen some cipionate, propionate type mixtures, yeah. but really, what it comes down to is, like you said, there's a lot of the old, the old style relationships of pharmacies. What what happened when you know back in the days of uh, the doctor would write a recipe and send it to the pharmacy, and the pharmacist would cook it up. There wasn't all these commercially available drugs. We're talking back like in the cowboy days, and um, still, still in a lot of other countries like Germany is still very collaborative with the pharmacist where the, the doctor will write a diagnosis and he'll send the patient to the pharmacy and the pharmacy will determine the the best medications. I've Um, I've
0: seen guys asking about the tri-blend recently. And, you know, I, I could probably argue why a a prop sip blend would be beneficial, but sippinate and and anathate are so similar in half-life. What, what's the point of combining those two?
1: I, you know what? I think it all comes down if you marketing. A, a good friend of mine used to say, "If you follow the money, you'll find the truth."
2: Yeah, right. Uh, yeah.
1: I I just I don't. You know, I think one it, whether somebody needs to be on a an or needs to be on Scipionate is really up to the prescriber. Yeah. You look at cipionate, and it's it's got pretty much the longest duration of action and the longest longest half life. If you just have some somebody that just for some reason isn't doing well on Scipionate and you know maybe maybe that they respond better to an anthate. like there's yeah. no cookie cutter
0: yeah and that and that's me I I have been on an anthate for years and and see less side effects and more benefits from an anthate it's a little bit more expensive but it, if anybody tried to tell me that I needed to be on a blend of the two what I mean they're they're almost the same you know yeah it's
1: it's the first question is why yeah why, why do I need to be on two yeah. they've got a little bit different uh onset of action and a little bit different length of time they're going to work in my system. Yeah. But, you know, it's 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 not significant enough for me as a patient to go, or even somebody that, you know, does this for a living with men and consults with doctors and go, yeah, doctor, should use the plan. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, one thing I've seen is guys that just don't do well with uh, an AI orally. There's mm-hmm. some side effects that can happen from being on AIs. And yeah. we have, you know, in my career, I had one doctor that, Mixed his AI along with testosterone, uh, and in, and the AI was injected along with the testosterone. These for these were people that were doing testosterone maybe once a week. Yeah, and now we're seeing more trend where guys are doing subcutaneous two to three times a week. So things change, you know. There's like it's it's interesting. Uh, the recommendations change from the the world's you know leaders of testosterone replacement. That you have these anti aging hormone replacement organizations and you know 15 years ago i when i was attending hormone replacement seminars for men lord forbid that you would ever put a sosterone cream on a guy's testicles <laughs> and and now now it seems to be uh you've got quite a few people doing it and getting really good results from it yeah yeah it's so the thinking the thinking and the continual learning is is what it really excites us and that's where we really getting back to your question ian is Collaborating with the doctors, and when they hear new things or they're learning new things, and sharing that information back and forth, it's much different than you get a prescription for a Z-pack and you take it to the pharmacist at CVS. Right. Uh, the great thing that we really enjoy too is we have doctors constantly do things that are probably a little bit higher dose, or a little bit different than what the pharmacist at a local a local big box pharmacy would feel comfortable doing. Right. They know that if we have a question we're going to handle professionally, if we see a dosage that is much more uh, higher or lower or just doesn't look right or something's out of the box, it's more about developing that relationship with your your doctors that you work with to where they trust you to not make them look dumb to their patients. I've uh, heard that complaint time and time again is the pharmacist will tell the patient that their doctor doesn't know what they're doing or they can't prescribe that that way. And that's the last thing you'd ever want to say to a, a patient is trying to interrupt that relationship with their provider.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. It, It's still baffles me to this day that that still happens in our, in this, this time. <laughs> well, nothing baffles me in 2020 anymore. <laughs> it still baffles me that uh, you wouldn't just pick up the phone and reach out to that prescriber and go, Hey doc, I just haven't seen this before. Uh, is this, you know, I just want to make sure I'm looking at this prescription the right way, that type of thing. Uh, and then there's some doctors that the, the phone calls that I love and I enjoy is the doctors that will call, uh, me personally or call, and I'll usually have to involve the pharmacist in most of these conversations, but it's like, Hey, I've got a patient that's got this going on. Do You guys have a treatment idea for this? Because I haven't really, nothing that's commercially available has really worked that well. That's, that's really where you, cool. where you, where you, Yeah where you get the, the most enjoyment out of a career it was that that collaborative thing where the, the doctor and the pharmacy have that great working relationship. Sure.
2: It's just not, it's not just counting pills and robot filling prescriptions. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, if I was in that type of pharmacy, I, I would probably be uh, in a different career path at this point. <laughs> uh, if I, if I just sit there and count by fives all day for 30 years, I, 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 yeah, I not I, you know, God bless the people that can do that. that can work in a, a fast food and type environment pharmacy. Yeah. Uh, but there is a high, there's a high burnout rate of pharmacists that work in those pharmacies because literally they're, they're measuring you on matrix of how many or metrics of how many prescriptions you fill per hour. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's just not, not, you know, not a very clinical or, uh, rewarding type of career in pharmacy. Yeah.
2: It reminded me of a post I saw this week. A guy was trying to get, he's like, he's like, how do you guys get the, Insulin needles, or like the you know, to do it to in to inject sub Q, and he's like, I've I've gone to the pharmacy and they say the bottle since the bottle and the packaging says it needs to be interge- injected intramuscularly, they want they only will give him intramuscular needles and and like three mil syringes. Yeah. And So it's exactly like what you're just saying. It's a very cookie cutter. Yeah. Like oh, sorry, the the bottle says it, so inside the can't box. possibly think outside of the box, literally or figur- figuratively,
1: <laughs> it, it, you know, customer service at that point would be to call that patient's doctor and say, Hey doc, it is your patient using this sub Q?" and so yeah. I am. Yeah. And doc goes, yeah, I didn't write him a script for the, the, uh, diabetic syringes. Can you go ahead and give him some of those? Yeah, sure. You no, know, you know, I'll call, I'll call that a verbal prescription and I'll write it right now and put your name on. Is that okay, doc? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's all about taking care of the patient and working with the doctors to take care of their patients. That's that's really what's rewarding about working in an independent compounding type pharmacy.
0: Yeah. Well, I definitely appreciate you coming on and kind of clearing up some HCG stuff and enlightening us on the peptides. I, I want to leave some meat on the bone so we can talk about some of these peptides in later conversations. Um, but I definitely, we're we're tracking through this mud of HCG now and, and trying to figure out what's going on with it, what's going to happen with it. And it's it's nice to have uh, experts like yourself that can kind of clarify things for us. Glad to help.
1: Thank you for listening to the TRT Community Podcast. You can find
0: us online at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TRT
1: community.